everyone. This is episode one of the podcast, A to Z podcast. My name's AJ. My name's Zed. And we're going to be talking about everything MMA related for episode one. We're going to be talking about UFC 236, April 13th, with Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier. And the way we have this set up is I think AJ might take over the fighters in the red corner and talk about them, you know, give them some stats about the red corner fighters. And I'll be taking over the blue corner and talk about those fighters. And uh, give them, or give you guys some information about the fighters, their backgrounds, what, uh, where are they fighting from, what training camp they're fighting from, their stats, you know, all that good stuff. So, so for the early prelims, the first fight on the prelim is Brandon Killer B. Davis. I actually met Killer B. Davis in Fight Night Austin. He was the fight of the night in Austin at the beginning of 2018, February 2018 or so. And I also met him again at uh, UFC Dallas. Did you talk to him like before the fights or after the fights? Like Me? after he really got done fighting, you know, MMA? No, when I, when I first met him, it was at the UFC Fight Night in Austin. Oh, wow. And uh, when I went, I was sitting fairly close and... I, I went down there where you can talk to the fighters yeah, and yeah. high-five the fighters on their way out. And I actually took a picture with him. And then when I took a picture with him, um, we started following each other on social media. And then I found out that he's going to be in the UFC Dallas card with Tyron and Darren Till. And we were talking on Instagram and I actually met up with him. And um, he signed – he took some pictures with me. He signed a hat for me. So – I'm I'm a big fan of Killer B Davis now. Right, that's that's cool. I mean, I feel like he's not a veteran yet, right? He's pretty young, from what yeah. I heard. Honestly, I've never seen him fight. I've never talked to him. Never met him. The only fighter I've met is Eric Showtime Pettis. No, Eric Showtime Shelton, UFC featherweight at 125. But I think he has only two or three fights with the UFC, and he's not too doing too good. But uh. Yeah, you know, uh, but it's hard, you know, starting off like the big stage UFC man, like it gets tough. The crowd, especially. Yeah. I feel like the crowd really gets to the fighters. Yeah, uh, Davis. He only has like four fights in the UFC right now. This is the fight on uh, April thirteenth. Will be his fifth fifth fight. So, on his UFC debut, he won. And then his second fight, UFC Fight Night, the one that I saw him, he won that one on uh, May 19th. He won that fight as well, and that was another fight night. And then on, he was on the UFC 228 card against Zabit, Zabit, Zabit. Ma- Ma- Magomedsharpov. And, oh, okay. And, uh, on that card with him, right? He didn't fight him, obviously. No, he fought that... him. He fought He fought Zabit, yeah. No fucking way. He stepped in, like... On the two-week notice. And oh, God. Against the beat, dude. I know. That guy has some solid-ass balls. Uh, when I saw that fight, the beat was just eating him alive, dude. Yeah, I mean, that guy He is... landed more strikes than him, more significant strikes than him, 12 takedowns, 12 out of 14 takedowns for the beat. Davis didn't even shoot once. And... Um, Zabit, he was he he took most shots to the head though, but he he got him. I don't even know what the submission's called. He he had his leg. He had oh, Davis's yeah, that, leg okay. yeah, yeah. all the way by his head and yeah. 
He tapped instant on that fight. So. And the commentators on that fight, I think they told or they said that they've never seen that type of submission. Yeah. You know, it's like the first ever to be done, at least inside the UFC. So that's saying a lot. I mean, he went against the beat and he got tapped out at what round? He got tapped out at. Not too sure, but for for UFC two thirty six yeah. on April thirteenth, he's gonna be fighting against Randy Costa. Randy Costa, he's um, this is gonna be his debut. He's known Randy as Costa, the Zo yeah. the Zohan. He's twenty four years old. He has a pro MMA record of four and zero, which is really good. And he's training out of uh, the protege of lightweight star Joe Lozon. But the funny thing is, Joe Lozon, he's known for his jiu-jitsu, I mean, throughout his whole UFC career. And I don't think Joe Lozon fights anymore, right? From what uh, I heard? I don't think so. The yeah. last fight he had, he got knocked out brutally. So <laughs> I don't think he has fought for a while. But the thing about, uh, what's his name? Randy Costa, I searched up some stats about him, and this guy has to be a jiu-jitsu fighter because Joe Lozon's gym is known for uh, jiu-jitsu. And the type of jiu-jitsu they practice is offensive instead of defensive. And what that means is they go for submissions, and that's it, you know? And uh, his record, like you said, 24 years old, uh, born in the year of 1994, nicknamed the Zohan. Yeah. That's interesting. But uh, his first couple fights, they've all been knockouts. Uh, round one, 42 seconds against uh, Rob Fuller. I don't know what organization. Well, well. That, that was his uh, pro for his amateur. Cage Titans. Yeah, no, yeah. no, that's Cage Titans. That's yeah. a professional league. Yeah. And his amateur record, same thing, just nothing but knockouts. Yeah, um, like his his first amateur fight, 35 seconds round one. The longest he's been in the octagon for is three minutes into the round number two. So I don't know how his cardio is or how, how his and stamina dude, is or, like or anything, really. Because you can hit the pads as many times as you want, but if you don't have cardio and conditioning, you know, you really can't, you know, last in a UFC fight. And a lot a lot of UFC fighters today, that's what they focus on. Because you could only throw so many punches with the pads and stuff like that, you know, and practice so many techniques when it comes to jiu-jitsu. I mean, that's also going to help you out, but a lot of fighters are lacking cardio and conditioning. Yeah, and like... they're focusing on that. TJ Dillashaw, I mean, that's all he does. I think he hits pads for like once a week. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if if Randy Costa is gonna be anything like like a Tony Ferguson in the UFC, or if that's, he's gonna yeah. be like a Conor McGregor and kind of just burn out early. To be honest, man, I've never seen him fight. Who? Randy Costa. Oh, Randy. Yeah, I've never yeah, seen I've him never fight seen either. Fight. I've never but seen by him. By the record, I mean he looks good. You know, yeah. I don't know. About On paper, opponents, he looks good. Yeah. But his opponents, at the same time, you have to take that into consideration as well. Rob Fuller, I've never heard yeah. of him. Chris Thorne, Kenny uh, Lewis. Stacey Anderson. Um, Never the heard of these he fought, people. Uh, the best record he had, the, the best record opponent at Randy Costa fight was Chris Thorne. And that guy's record was 5-9. Yeah. I mean, that's experience. It's not a good record, but you could tell that he has experience. And experience, that plays a whole different role. You know, I feel like, I feel like that's beneficial, if anything, right? Like, don't you feel like that? Yeah, because the... Based on their record, too, it could just be a, a fight IQ. You know, yeah, the yeah. more the more fights you have, the more 
the more aware you are, the the, the more things that you learn and some in the people octagon. Are just naturally gifted with fighters, I too. Like, oh, 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 uh, you want to compare him to someone like what's his name, Johnny Walker? <laughs> Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker, uh, the dude that did the salute. Like some people say that Johnny Walker could be potentially ready to fight someone like John Jones. John Jones, I mean, I don't know, man. To be honest, that's just uh, pushing it too much because that's his first fight, right? His uh, recent fight was his first UFC debut. No, it wasn't? Nah, uh, John, Johnny Walker has a few fights already in, yeah. in, in the UFC, and they're all about first first round wins. I mean, yeah, I feel like he can, you know, climb that ladder pretty soon. I'm gonna call it right now. I feel like Johnny Walker could get that title shot within. A year and a half with John Jones. That's if he's still the yeah. champion. But I, I, you know, I'm pretty confident that John Jones is going to be champion for a while because John Jones, he's an elite athlete. We don't have those UFC fighters, okay? Yeah. At all, you like, know? And then the thing too with John Jones and his whole reign as champion and things like that. Don't you think it? Do you think it'd be a well-known fighter that dethrones him, or do you think it's going to be just the least expected person? To I knock out like someone like the, yeah, I feel like the least expected person for sure when it comes to John Jones, you know. But uh, like Ogan St. Preux, he was an elite athlete, and what I mean by elite athletes, I mean like, you know, like a NFL football player, for instance, like Greg Hardy. This guy was just like he was oh, a heavyweight, yeah. but he moved around like he was one fifty five and a lot of punching power, you know. I feel like, you know, verticals and 40-yard <laughs> dashes for uh, UFC fighters, that could really help them out in a way, you know? Like, ultimately, what I'm trying to say is we haven't seen any elite athletes in the UFC, you know? Yeah. Just looking at, at Johnny Walker's um, wins, he actually has a win over Khalil Roundtree. <laughs> oh, yeah, and that guy's a motherfucker. Yeah, he KO'd him. Two no minutes way. into he KO'd him two minutes into round number one. Oh my god, yeah, that's that's saying a lot to be honest. So we covered uh what's his name? Yeah, in so, one moment. Randy Costa already, right? Yeah, so the next his one. Records and stuff like that. Yeah, so the next fight for the early prelims is Lauren Mueller versus Polina. How do you say it? Career disclosed earnings zero dollars. Oh yeah, for Randy. <laughs> for Randy uh, yeah. Costa. But he sounds like a freaking badass, man. But yet again, at the same time, I feel like he hasn't fought anyone. Like, I, like the opponents yeah. he had, I think they might be like, you know, late thirties, and that's not in your prime. But yeah. at least Joe Rogan said that you know, your MMA prime age should be from thirty to thirty-five. That's what he said. Because that's, that's what he when said. you have experience and stuff like that. But so you know, it makes sense. That's at the same just time. an average, though. You know. Yeah, yeah. Connor's just barely turned thirty. I know the Conor 29. McGregor story is completely different. Yeah, if yeah, you were Conor McGregor with that whiskey many, deal, the twelve uh, proper twelve whiskey deal, to be honest, if I was Conor McGregor and if I was in that same situation, I would never come back and fight. You oh know, yeah. Like, yeah. So what's the second fight on the? The card. Uh, the second fight of the early prelim. I'm, I'm looking at Lauren Mueller right now. And she goes we by use, uh, UFC dot com for our stats and stuff like that and to see the roster of any uh, UFC event that's coming up. So, Lauren Mueller actually goes by the uh, Princess Tiger. <laughs> wow, chick. I mean, yeah, she's a chick. She's six and one. 
six and one. Give me one moment. My laptop, it's still loading up. Yeah. Oh, I just saw this too on UFC.com. Um, what do you think of Ben Askren calling out uh, Ponzinibbio? <laughs> Basically, what the fuck is Ponzinibbio? Um, Sorry. No, yeah. Santiago Ponzinibbio? Yeah, basically Ben Askren called out the whole roster at the welterweights. You know, like, the, I think just recently, too, they, they they said, hey, hey, Ben, what if they were to come at you for a title shot with fighting someone like Tyron? <laughs> and Tyron's just all like... He said, I think Ben Askren denied that. Yeah, they're going to... Because they've been training they fight, for, like, the yeah, past they, 15 years together, They you fight, know? they're... Friends, they're not gonna. Would you fight him. a friend like that? No, they're not. Me no, either. I wouldn't. They're they're not gonna. But like, the this is kind of random. Better. But the Cody Garbrandt and T.J. Dillashaw situation—that was That's completely different. different. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, like, why do you think? Um, what is it? Kane, you know, Kane could have been heavyweight champion, but you know, someone like DC holding oh, them yeah. back. And they've been you know? fighting or same training thing, together. Same thing with DC being the two hundred five pound champion, and then now Luke Rockhold moves up to light heavyweight. That frees up. Luke Rockhold, honestly, dude, I feel like he's so overrated. The only thing he has is that uh, that left kick to the body. I like, but at the same time, it's super powerful. I like Luke Rockhold's question mark kick, though. That's that? It's when he when he kicks, he, he fakes it to the body, and then it, it oh, yeah, whips it up. Over? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Fa- he, he, he throws a kick full force to the body, fakes it, and his leg... Whips up for a head yeah, kick. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> but I don't think he ever lands it nine times out of ten. You know. I think he threw but it against Chris Weidman. But moving up to a weight class because he's going from one eighty five to two hundred five, right? So I feel like that kick, that's like his main offensive attacks. But I feel like with that weight uh, gain, yeah, it can't be as smooth. We you know? we may be transitioning into the era where UFC fighters do not cut as much anymore. I'm hoping. I all feel like all these UFC really... fighters move up a weight class and not have such a severe cut. I mean, we're getting a lot more weight classes, too, at the same time. The 165 weight class, I feel like, dude, that could really help out a lot of fighters uh, at 155. Like, the majority of that roster might go up to 165. And they've been talking about that. You know? Oh, yeah. What do you think yeah, What do you think about adding that 165-pound division? I think that's a great idea. I really do. Yeah, I mean, okay, but at the same time, we only have, like, Nate Diaz talking about it. And who else? Uh, yeah, there's maybe. a, like, people say, like, if they were to create the 165-pound division, it's only there for people who can't get a get a, a title shot at 155 because of Khabib, and then the other people who can't get a title shot at, what, 170? Because yeah. then that means if you had a 165-pound division, are you just going to go from 155, 165, and then they can't do 170 because that's only 5 pounds, mm. then you would have to change welterweights to 175 and then 185. No, I mean, they're not you know what I mean? That. Yeah, 170, dude, the 170 uh, pound welterweight class, it's been there since like, I don't even know, since so, 2000. So I, don't know I feel like that's a horrible idea to change it because if you look at that roster, nothing but killers. Yeah. Bobby Lawler, Ben Askren. So I don't, dude. I, I don't know if they're going to add it, dude. You know, it's only know. five pound difference. Cause yeah. then it, and then like Dana said, like if you add all these weight classes, the UFC is going to turn into something like boxing. I mean, like but boxing. at the same time, the 125 division that might get uh, Oh, yeah, the flyweights? Yeah. Might get canceled. We're might not sure canceled. about that. But yeah. to be honest, like, dude, okay, so I've been a UFC fighter, fan, fanatic, dude, for like the past, I don't even know, since I was like five years old. And uh, they've been having that 125, 135 decisions. And those are my best weight classes, I feel like. The little, they, yeah, like, the little no guys. one appreciates them. Yeah. I wonder uh, why. I, yeah, at one of the, the, who was it, the, um, 
UFC Fight Night Austin that I went to, I actually ran into Ray Borg. Oh, I, wow, yeah, right. I ran into Ray Borg, and that I took a picture with Ray Borg, too. Yeah, right. And um, He did really good against Demetrius Johnson. And I mm-hmm. think, like, the fight, when they had that fight, it, he took that fight in, like, two weeks, three weeks notice against DJ. <laughs> Mm, That's a lot of fucking balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, which fight are we on now? For okay, the... so Lauren uh, Mueller. So that's you, uh, the red card. Yeah, and I'm uh, at I her have right now. Pauliana Botello. And to be honest, guys, I've never heard of any of them. And uh, I'm not like a sexist or anything, but I really don't enjoy fighting female fighters fight. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I liked Mackenzie Dern, though. Now she's a mom, and she's having a kid now. Oh, she's yeah. a mom now. Yeah, she's she's about to be having a kid, yeah. Dude, no, man. Just get out. You're so pretty. <laughs> Stick with jiu-jitsu. And she's yeah, super she, good, apparently. She, yeah, she's you good, You know she dude. beat that Gabby Garcia chick? Oh, she did? Yeah, and that chick Gabby is like Garcia's 6'5", jacked. jacked up on steroids. Yeah. Since like the age of five, you know, because that's like their breakfast in the... Brazil. They can't find any food, but they'll find some steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Pictograms. Right? Yeah. They call it some pictograms. Uh, but yeah, for for Lauren Mueller, um, I'm looking at her her fight card. She she's a uh, she's 125. She's flyweight. She has a 67 inch reach. reach. She's 26 years old. They belted. They both are identical. Yeah, uh, 57 inch reach. So that's always a factor when it comes to fighting, you know. She's been in part of the UFC now for almost two years. She's going to, this fight on April 13th will be her fourth fight in the octagon. So I don't they, know too uh, much about her. She Her, her debut was a decision. Her, her second fight, decision. And then her most recent fight, um... She actually lost her most recent fight. She lost, and she lost due to a submission. And that's that's uh you know it's a hard time to come back from a loss. Yes. A lot of fighters don't do it. What about her opponent? Her um, opponent is seven oh, and two. Yana. Seven and two. She's from Brazil. Five eight. Five eight. Her yes. opponent is actually one fifteen. Yeah, that's what I was gonna yeah, bring up. Yeah, she's so a strawweight. So she's she coming up to one twenty five because the one twenty five pound. Wait, wait, what is this fight happening at? Because the one twenty five pound division was just created. Remember? For the women. Yes. Shevchenko. So uh, yeah. the the champion. I mean, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure where this is. This fight. This uh, yeah, fight's that's happening a, at. That's a big question mark right there. Um. Let me see. I don't know. Honestly, like I feel. Oh, like it's actually flyweight. This, flyweight? this, yeah. So her opponent is actually coming up from one fifteen to fight to her to one twenty five. Yeah. And I feel like that's really not a bad idea, man. Like if I was a fighter, to be honest, if I had to cut down to one fifty five, I or, would go up to a weight where I don't have to cut as much, where I'm walking around at that weight. You know, like yeah. let's say that if I weighed one eighty five. I would probably cut down to just one seventy, and just to see how that works out. True. Yeah. Because I mean, they cut down a lot. You know, yeah, these girls too. I'm not too sure who who would have a more like a severe weight cut from the looks of it. It's Polina. She she kind of looks skinny, dude. Mm-hmm. And Lauren Lauren is a little bit. She's more full. She's, so Polina, she has a 86 percent TKO ranking. Uh, zero submissions for both. Uh, DEC 14 percent for Polina. My chair. Her, that's the decision. Yeah, she. Yeah. 14 percent of her fights go to a decision. And then 80 percent. 
other gym. Princess Lauren, Tiger. Yeah. Mueller, yeah. So, no, what is Average here? fight times, uh, six minutes, 47. So, that's like second round, you know, for Paulina. Yeah, Mueller, she uh, she actually likes to shoot a lot more for the takedown. She has a higher takedown percentage than Paulina. She, her, her accuracy is not too good, but her, her takedown defense is actually higher. So, with, with a fight with these girls like this, um, everything's pretty much identical. Pretty much. So I, I see this fight going the distance for sure. So what's the what's the next the fight? The next one on the early uh, prelims. Early prelims, prelims. Okay, so we covered Lauren Mueller and Paulina. And so we have Montel Jackson and Andre Sokampat. I promise so, you guys, so, I, I mean, I've, I've uh, seen him fight. And this guy's a freaking monster, to be honest. So for the last fight for both of them, they won. It doesn't say if it's TKO. I think it might be decision. They're both from the United States. Uh, one inch height difference for Montel Jackson, 5'10". Yeah. And Andre's 5'9". 135 weight division. Yeah, it's going to be in the Bantam weight class. Yeah, and that weight class is stacked up as well. You know, But that Andre guy, uh, he's, uh, I think, like a Muay Thai-style fighter. Uh, from the last time I saw him fight... He goes for the kill, you know. He doesn't go for anything else. No takedowns, no nothing. Um, so, the win by percentage, knockout TKO. So for Montel Jackson, it's eighty-three percent knockout TKO, and uh, for Andre, it's sixty-seven percent. Yeah, both. Of, yeah, both of these guys that are going to be fighting at at the bantamweight, mm -hmm. they're not even in the top fifteen. They're gonna climb up. To be honest with you, AJ, I've never uh, seen Montel Jackson fight, but Andre, I have. Average fight times thirteen minutes for Andre. Um, dude, it's all about wrestling nowadays. It really is. Every fighter, like they're transitioning to the wrestling scene. For the longest time, it was about Muay Thai striking, you know, and that's pretty much it. But yeah, dang, yeah, uh, Montel Jackson actually his takedown accuracy is a hundred percent. Wow, he's, yeah. he's gotten he might be every a former wrestler, like a collegiate wrestler. He, from he, what I'm thinking. He, yeah, I'm not too sure, but he's gotten every wow, take. Wow, a hundred percent. And yeah, Andre is sixty-three percent. So I mean, looks like takedown Mont defense. He has a lot more, seventy-five percent. Andre, so that's going to be uh, interesting to watch. Yeah, I think mm, I kind of see a stoppage happening in this fight. I don't see this fight going the distance. I see it going a distance. I feel like Montel Jackson might just take him down repeatedly, you know, just uh, stay on top of him, crown to crown. Oh, so he'll, he'll the get the time, unanimous decision? Yeah, that's what I think. But okay, at the same Montel time, I think Jackson. Andre could, like, get back up, you know, a couple of times. But he might still be getting takedown over and over and over again. Yeah, he may guy. just win on the scorecard by points. Yeah. So you're saying knockout? Mm. No, 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 no. I think he, he'll. But you he'll, did say that you can't back off now. No, no, no. I, I, I think it, it, it'll go the distance, and Montel Jackson will just win by unanimous decision. That's what I think. Yeah, that's what I think too. So it's funny how I was uh, going for Andre when we <laughs> first started talking about him, but I've so, seen him fight. I just don't know who I've seen him fight against, and this guy is no joke. I think more of a Muay Thai fighter, if anything. Any other ones? Or do you want to uh, do wait, the prelims? Let's see. Submissions. See, submission averages uh, for Andre, it's 0 0.23. And then uh, 
the submission average for Montel Jackson is 0 0.9. So uh, if that helps you guys out, that's yeah, cool. And then, yeah, there you go. See, I mean, Montel off. Jackson. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think Montel Jackson, he um, he could maybe pull off a submission. He, he's for sure. I think he he will for sure be the yeah, aggressor. Yeah, yeah, that or just a ground ground and pound TKO. That's what I'm thinking too. Because yeah. those wrestlers, man, they know how to grind, and once they're on top of you, you cannot get back up. It's really tough. It so, really is. Khabib, perfect oh, example, yeah. man. He just kind of takes them down. Stays Especially on top too of him with, for a while with that just, fight with Connor, the way he was on top of Connor. It's just, not even that, dude. Khabib beat Connor at his own game. He dropped him. Oh yeah, yeah I know, right? Him, Throwing yeah. that punch that dropped him. Yeah, but, and just fucking runs at him like a fucking gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Khabib was pretty smart too about with, when he was on top of Connor with his legs trapped. Mm -hmm. He'd always he he clinch his legs with his legs and yeah, prevent yeah, and Connor just, from getting up. And Connor's legs just clenching. It's just, just like putting full force on his legs, you know? Yeah. And that's that's saying a lot, man, because that could get yourself tired if you're doing that. If you're at the position where you want to squeeze someone's legs, and if you, you know, keep doing that constantly, that could really tire you out. Do you want to continue doing prelims or just jump straight to the main card? I mean, let's see. Let's see if we have any upcoming fighters. You know, I want to give these fighters a shot. They're all trying to do something with this career. They all have that goal of winning the belts. Yeah. Um, I I kind of want to jump okay, wait. straight. Which hold one? Up, oh, what, do you, what do you want to look at? Let me see real quick. Give me one moment. My math is super fucking slow. Are we allowed to curse? Uh, it's already <laughs> too late for that. Right? Okay, give me one moment, still loading. I'm kind of, I'm starting uh, to kind of look at the prelims. Dude, I'm liking the, the main card though, dude. Okay, yeah. The only other fighters we had was uh, Curtis, Curtis yeah, Millender yeah. We'll, and Bilal we'll Muhammad. But I've seen that Bilal Muhammad we'll, guy. We won't fight. break it down too much, but yeah. So the last fight on the early prelims is with Curtis Millender and Millender. Bilal Muhammad. They're both coming off a loss. Curtis seventeen and four, Bilal Muhammad fourteen and three. Curtis is six two, Muhammad is five eleven. This is gonna be a welterweight fight. Seventy six inch reach. He has that reach advantage. He has yeah. the leg leg advantage, that's leg only, reach. That's only if you know how to use that reach, man. Some fighters don't. Like I've seen some fighters with the longest arms ever, but they really don't know how to use that attribute they have. You know. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen. Curtis Mounder fight before. I've seen Bilal Muhammad fight, but the last time I did see him fight, he got knocked the fuck out. What, uh, what weight class is this? It's, uh, Walter. They look really skinny for a Walter weight. Yeah, they're, they're Walter he's... weights. Alright, let's go. Which one? Uh, main card? Main card now, yeah. Alright, main card. So, the first fight of the night for the main card, pay-per-view, only pay-per-view buyers can see this. Oven so Saint Peru. Okay. Oh. Who does. How do you say this guy's name? Nikaiti Krylov? I'm from, still loading. <laughs> from the Can Ukraine. They're both coming off a loss. They're both 6 3. This is both. They're both 205, so it's a light heavyweight. OSP actually has an 80 inch reach advantage. Oh OS my god. OSP. <laughs> he's that's actually been. Scary. He's been doing pretty good. They have identical uh, legs. So the leg last fight, uh, 
OSP had was against John Jones. Uh, let me uh, let me check right now. No, his last no, his last fight was against um, Reyes, Dominic Reyes, and he lost. Dominic Reyes, Dominic Reyes ain't, ain't no joke, dude. dude. Oh my god, this guy's amazing. He ain't no joke, He's an ex football player for like LSU. Yeah. Okay, not no trashy school. That's LSU D one. I know, you know, dude. And that's what I'm talking about, man. Elite athletes like him. You know, mm-hmm. he's a legit athlete. Most of these UFC fighters. They can't run four five forties. That's not going to help you out. But at, at the same time, I feel like we haven't seen that type of fighter, you know, uh, in Dom- the UFC. Dominic Reyes has been on a win streak. Actually, he beat Saint Prue. He beat what's in it? Jerry Cannonier. Never heard of him. Uh, Kimball. Dang, Dude, he's actually. Angel, isn't it crazy how they have five hundred twenty seven fighters in the roster? Yeah. That's quite a bit, I feel like. You know? Yeah, I think it might be higher now. I mean, they're saying, especially with that Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Him going around the world looking for elite, top elite fighters. Yeah, um, what's his name? Ovin St. Prue. Ovin St. Prue. No, Dominic Ray is actually, he's undefeated. Yeah. He's 11-0. and 0. And he He's number five guy, in the world. The, the one that uh, got beat by DC. And that guy is no joke, too. The bald guy? Who's the bald guy? Not too sure. Or the low Like, they fought, like, not even a month ago. Hmm. So, yeah. I, uh, this is going to... And the knockout percentages for both fighters, I mean, it's pretty close. 50%, 42%. Submission for uh, OSP is 27%. For Nikita Kolov, it's 58%. So, he's probably, like, of, like, jiu-jitsu background. Right. Yeah. Submission wrestling. Kolov. Is Khabib, like, the only... Uh, that one sport he practiced back in his country, sambo. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm dude, not sure about that. I feel dude. like he's the only one in the UFC that knows the sambo. Yeah, Kralov, he's um, he's on a win streak. One, two, three, four. Actually, he had four fights in a row. Won those four fights, lost one, and then now he lost an. Oh dang, that's right. Just happened the other uh, the other day. He his his most recent fight is against Blahowitz. Mm. Yeah. How recent? September twenty eighteen. Mm. But uh, Blahowitz, he's actually going to be. That's going to Blahowitz is is John Juan Blahowitz. He's actually going to be introducing Luke Rockhold. To the light heavyweight division. 205, man. He's bumping up. Yeah, he actually submitted him, dude. You know the, Two the minutes crazy into the part about Luke Rockhold? Apparently, he walks around 250. Uh. That's way above heavyweight. <laughs> Cutting down to 185. That's fucking insane. And when he's at 185, you could tell that. like, Just by looking at his physique, like you could tell that he could go up to 205. You know, and stuff like that. But OSP, I mean, he's ranked. Yeah, I, I, I'm i giving this one to OSP. The rankings don't matter, I feel like. Dude, yeah. MMA is so crazy, dude. You really can't expect anything, you know? Like, you could be, un- besides John Jones, that guy's just a fucking freak. Alright, so which one do you want to break down next? So we got these two? Okay. There's only four fights left on the main event. Which one do you want to talk about? Co-main and main? 
The one, the, the only ones I'm really interested in, really, is the Kevin Gaslam and Israel Adesanya co-main. I like that, but I feel like Gaslam might get his ass knocked out. Yeah, what do you think about Gaslam? You know, he being the interim champion, Robert Whitaker getting pulled out due to hernia. You know, his intestines yeah, went into exactly. his stomach, and then and then like, what do you think about the UFC doing something about how long are you gonna keep Whitaker champion? He's I feel like for a while. Right? Has he never defended his belt? Whitaker? He's never defended it. Robert Whitaker. Who did he defend it against? Yoel Romero. Twice. That's no freaking joke. He defended his title against Yoel Romero. But it, it was like the first fight though was for uh it was a vacant title, right? Vacant title, yeah, yeah. It was them two for the first Because Michael Bisping and GSP fought for that title and then GSP kicked his ass. Yeah, it walked but away. Vacated it. Yeah, yeah, walked so, away. Now it's a vacant belt. Exactly. So if it's vacant, then now it's an interim belt. Mm -hmm. So I guess like the next top fighters for that division was Robert Whitaker and uh, Yoel Romero. Yeah, so you know? soldier of God. Right. <laughs> I love you, Michael Bisping. I love you. <laughs> was... And then they also pointed the camera at Michael Bisping when he said that, mm -hmm. and he bent over and he fucking injected a steroid in his ass, <laughs> which yeah. I kind of do. Dude, just because of Usada, bro, honestly. Dude, Yoel is just unreal, dude, with his physique, dude. natural athlete. How the fuck are you moving around like that at 45 years old? 45? Around that. I know for a fact over 40. Right? He's a lot better than Anderson. Yeah. Oh, dude, just imagine that. But, dude, like, I've gained so much respect for Robert Whitaker, like, after their fight, dude, honestly. Yeah, he's a warrior, dude. I feel like Yoel would have like knocked him out within seconds in the first or second round but he hung in there and he won obviously by a decision you know no one ever like denied that like oh no you know it could have gone either way everyone every uh ufc commentator like joe rogan dominic cruz they all said that robert whitaker won but not by much you know but he still won so so you think it's okay that kelvin you know didn't get the fight israel beat anderson silva so now well, that's it so but, now so now it's okay for israel to just step in for an interim well i mean dude because if robert seen... wouldn't have gotten sick they would have fought you know so now it has since it had to get postponed and they have to wait longer dude it's all about doing... if you sell tickets or not aj yeah Come on now that's yeah Conor mcgregor changed all of that you know and at the same time i understand because like these ufc fighters they really don't get paid much at all, you know. So sell your name, sell your fights. If you're better on the microphone, then you know you're gonna get the big time fights, and that's how it works nowadays. And I mean, you know, I I don't mind it, but I feel like there is a lot more fighters that are better than Israel. Yeah. You know? Do you think he's overrated? Uh, he he's a quick up and comer, dude. He's fought. I think four or five fights in the UFC. Yeah, he's ranked number five, Israel Adesanya, the last style bender. The last style bender. 16 and 0. 16 Before the UFC. No, just t total, dude. Like, he's. But, like, his beat Anderson UFC Silva. Record, uh, I'm not too sure. Okay, look, I'm not too sure. So, beat Anderson Silva, beat Derek Brunson. And this that's This guy, Tavris, beat him. Uh, I'm not sure. Davis? This is on. Yeah, this is the Ultimate Fighter finale. So, that was uh, July 6, twenty eighteen. Yeah. He won that one. Adesanya versus Vettatori. 
won that one April 14, 2018. And Willikinson, that was February 10, 2018. So he has one, two, three, four, five, five fights. Kevin Gaslin will be his sixth fight and in I the feel like UFC. That's his, the most hard opponent. That he might fight in the UFC right now. You really think Anderson you, Silva, dude? He's no, yeah, way yeah. Past his prime, yeah, for sure. So you know, and he barely won against that too. I know, dude. So do you really you you think Kelvin's is actually going to put up a good fight against? Uh, you think Kelvin? Israel? Yeah, you think Kelvin will be you know uh, Israel's is hardest no, opponent? Kelvin is no joke. Yes, of course. That's what I truly believe. And their age difference is you know not by much. See, Kelvin Gaston, number four. In that roster. Number four versus yeah. number five, yeah. Number five, so, you know, that's great. But I feel like he got that number five position a bit too soon. They are soon At the same mean. time, you know. But good fight. Yeah, Honestly, he, good like, fight. I, like yeah. I was saying, Israel Adesanya is number five. And he didn't even really fight anybody in the top five. Top five. Dude, I mean, like I said for the second time already in this podcast, it's not how you fight anymore, which is complete crap in my eyes. Uh, the only way you get big fights is if you're good on a microphone. Sell the fights, and that's pretty much it. And that's where Conor McGregor kind of changed everything. But at the same time, the UFC, ever since Conor McGregor, he changed the sport. And guys, who's ever listening right now, I am not a Conor McGregor fan. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm sorry. I feel like he's a decent martial artist. You know, like the guys he fought was just, you know, Jose Aldo, okay, the toughest opponent. Khabib, I mean, that's not even a fight, dude. He got destroyed. Yeah, yeah. he ate him alive, yeah. dude. But before, okay, so check this out. I know this is kind of going off topic, but uh, after he beat that one Russian guy, the Russian guy. Uh, what, Khabib or? No, 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 not Russian. Um, before he got that title fight with Jose Aldo, he beat a no-name, like, I forget his name, some muscular guy jacked up and front kicked him and, you know, uh, anyways, but that guy sucked, okay? And I, I think that guy's ranking when he fought him was like number 15. He, he was barely ranked. And right after that, he went to the Jose Aldo fight. And starched him, though. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, man. Yeah. That shit talking... That yeah, right, that's all it's about now, dude. That shit's It's real. all it's about now, yeah, dude. Yeah. You, have to, you have to talk. But you really I, don't, have to talk. I don't like that personally. I like that old school, you know, bowing down to your opponent. You know, mm -hmm. that's what I like, man. When I think about MMA and martial arts, because I've done Taekwondo since I was a little kid, you know, since 10. Got my black belt at 15. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. That was cool. No, I did. Here. But at the same time, that's what's like the problem when it comes to jiu-jitsu uh, gyms and uh, karate gyms. You know, like they kind of promote any kid that's really not at that black level or black belt level uh, but they still promote him because that's how they get their money man you know like yeah. that's how their business is run so you the only legit black belts are like out of Brazil and shit so do you want to break down the last fight oh yeah my favorite one of my favorite fighters too Max Holloway yeah Max Number Holloway four, Versus number three. Dustin Poirier. They fought before. Yeah, I mean. But they were super young, man. Right, they were like debut. babies. Yeah, Max Holloway, dude. He was 20 years old. Yeah. Dustin Poirier, I think about, uh, I think he was uh, 23. Still super young. 
Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Their first fight. Uh, I think fought that really like, nice. I nice. think they fought. I think Max Holloway fought Dustin Poirier. Uh, after, no, no, before Conor McGregor. Yeah, it was before Conor McGregor. Yeah. Conor McGregor, kind of scared him, dude. <laughs> He did, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the same time, dude, Max Holloway. Here we, here we go. 20, dude. So fucking young. So Poirier versus Holloway So they're, won. they're going up to the 155 weight class for this fight, right? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, what do you all think about that? Um, Max Holloway, 145-pound champion. He's, like, on a 12, 13-fight win streak Amazing. now. And then for him to skip the rest of the one, the light heavyweight, or not light heavy, uh, lightweights, and just get a interim a shot, shot. But, uh, yeah. See, like the rankings and like the way they it means have, nothing. The interim belt, I feel like you know it's obvious they're doing it for money purposes. You know, I feel yeah. like it's uh it's a good thing for the business and stuff like that. So I feel like the UFC is kind of going towards boxing. Yeah, so so the first time they fought against each other was like February fourth, February twenty twelve, dude. So yeah, that's like I mean, a while I, ago. these fighters have come such a long way since the last time they met, dude. They, especially, oh my God, yeah. especially have with you Dustin. seen the first fight? No, I actually they haven't. Horrible. I have not seen the first fight. Even uh, Dustin Poirier, like I saw him looking at his old fight against Max Holloway, uh, at the UFC page on you know Instagram. And he talked about his footwork, like, it's nothing. I'm looking to at, be honest, man, I feel like the fighters are so advanced today compared to, like, 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Like, with all the new Hughes, technology, dude. Yeah, with all that technology and the training method. And Look, dude, if we, if we were to go back to the first time they fought, dude, U, UFC 143, back when Diaz fought Carlos Condit. Long-ass time. Main though. event. Yeah. That's when, you know, a co-main event, Roy Nelson and Fabrizio Verdun. Josh Koscheck and Mike Pierce. Who else is on this card? Dang. I so, miss Josh. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was such a great fighter. Remember what Tyron did to him? Double punched him. Oh, on. yeah. Just fucking. <laughs> he, got, he caught Josh yeah. Koscheck. He was falling. Caught him again. But, but yeah. at I that mean, time, they could still use TRT. They didn't have you oh, oh, yeah. yeah that's so. A little, so these guys, you know, last time they fought was like, what? Six years ago? Six years ago, yeah, yeah. Six years ago, and the way this fight, so, God, what was it back then? How did it happen back then? Did they get any taller or have a nah, they, longer they, reach band or anything? No, right? No, nah, they're both 5'9", 5'11". Dustin has a little bit more of a reach advantage. So, based how the first fight went, did you see it? Uh, Highlights of it. Highlights. So so so, what do you think, Max? How do you think he he'll approach this? Um, do you think he'll kind of approach it how he fought um, Ortega? Yes. Yeah, I think, you think so. he'll just do that. Hands, just you know, throw hands. He's gonna be tagging. It's not him. just against Ortega. Like his last five fights, you know, he's all about the stand up game. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And then and then with how long someone like Poirier's been in the game for about him not ever having they have a title the same shot? Amount, I mean because. Yeah, that's weird, man. And then, and then think about that. You have 145-pound champion coming up to 155 for an interim title, and then Dustin's first shot at a title is at an interim belt 
It's not even at a, against a true 155er. It's all about the money, man. If you're good on the microphone, yes, you're getting those big-time fights, and that's all that matters. Man. And on this podcast, guys, we're going to, like, uh, well, at least I want to. I don't know if AJ's down for this, but, like, the bad side of the UFC and, like, the rankings and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. How it did not make any sense to me, at least. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I see it. Yeah. And it kind of sucks it's like that because they have to talk now. Yeah. You know? A lot of these fighters, well, I mean, that's not them. Gotta, yeah, I mean, it's you not gotta them. at least sell the fight, you know? Yeah. Yeah, these guys it's, actually need to speak up, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's how you get your name out there, man, honestly. No matter how much of a badass martial art you are, like Demetrius Johnson, dude, one of my favorite fighters of all time, dude. Oh my God, the stuff he did. But the other thing about him is. He didn't, he didn't talk. Fights. Yeah, he didn't he talk, didn't and, that, and that's what sucks too. And then the whole thing too now with Conor McGregor wanting shares of the company. Yeah. yeah. You know, because he knows he draws in most of these pay per view buys. He knows he and draws in most of. That's the only uh, reason I respect Conor McGregor. He did change, like he changed the fighters' lives. Like they're getting paid a lot more just because of Conor McGregor and how much money he generated for the UFC. You know, like I think the TJ Dillashaw and uh, Henry Cejudo. Dude, that yeah. fight lasted about 25 seconds, but they both walked out over $300,000. It's yeah. a 25-second fight, you know? So that's that's crazy, man. Good. I mean, that's good for the sport, though. The UFC fighters, they've been complaining about not getting paid enough, you know, for like the past, shit, 20 years or something. Yeah, hopefully now with this yeah. ESPN deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love the ESPN deal, man. Right. They actually show the knockout of the fight. Yeah, I like it. Wicked? I like they actually show this now too, and they switch it from a five-year deal to a seven-year deal. And, you know, good. Dana White's them, Dana White signing another seven-year deal as president. I think he's doing a good job. And I think it's cheaper for ESPN compared to Fox. Mm. From what I heard, I thought it was a cheaper. I I, deal. I know, like based on some of these classes that I'm taking, like sports marketing, yeah, sports yeah. and event media relations, ESPN is the highest-paid channel on cable. Oh, wow. It's expensive, yeah. People want to pay for sports, and people want live sports. That's that's the main drive, and that's the thing keeping people connected to cable. You know, so I mean, I guess that that's about it, right? Yeah, that's that's, that's it. I mean, our first episode. I'm hoping you guys uh, enjoyed it. We really didn't have anything planned out, but we're both you know MMA fanatics. We yeah, we are. We well, with it. Yeah. we'll be bringing a lot more to the content, table yeah. content, our outlook. We hope to be doing like a fight companion. That'd be nice if we can do a podcast yeah, yeah. during an actual pay-per-view event. Mm-hmm. The only thing that kind of sucks is... Uh, going live, right? Like. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that'd be nice if we can go live. Yeah. That'd be nice. But the only thing that kind of sucks about this is that um, we're covering this fight now because yeah. I'm probably not going to be able to see the fight. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to try my best to see the fight. We're in San Antonio, Texas. And it's going to be Fiesta, so I'm actually going to be going to Fiesta on April 13th, the night of the fight. So I'll be sure to have my my external battery, my power bank, ESPN Plus logged in, ready to go. So, of course, I'm going to be watching the fight on the go while enjoying Fiesta. That's awesome. Yeah. So I guess that's about does it. This is episode one of the A to Z podcast, MMA. Anything else? No, I mean... I don't have much to say, but the second episode, it's going to be a lot better because I feel like, because uh, I wanted to take down some notes for this uh, podcast, but at the same time, I felt pretty confident of what we're going to say, 
you know, and just look at the fighters and stuff like that. So, no, but I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the next podcast and see how that goes. I hope you guys enjoyed it. All right. See you. See you.